Yo, what's going on, everyone? This is Elliot Nelson, and this is the On Air Podcast. I am your host for this specific podcast, and along with me is my beautiful, gorgeous bride, the one and only Miss Larissa <laughs> Nelson. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today, babe? I'm good. I'm tired. Of course you're tired. You're tired every day. Yeah. The Red Bull has has ran out for the day. So I got, we finally got on this podcast Finally got to record it after a month of, we're going to record this day up. We can't record this day. So I'm yeah. glad to be able to finally <laughs> sit down with my bride because she was part of the reason why we couldn't get on this podcast. Yeah, well, you know, that's what happens when you have a busy schedule. Well, it's Sunday. We're here now. Yeah, we're here now. Thank and that's the, the most important thing. So I think uh, for starters, we are going to, when we do have a topic for today, we're going to be talking about access some of the things that we've been talking about online. But I think before we do that, I know a lot of people are probably like, yo, y'all have a podcast together. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we've actually been able to sit down and do a collab type of deal. Um, not even a collab type of deal. Like I think the last time we had something major where it was just two of us together mm-hmm. was our marriage Q&A. And then after yeah. that, we hadn't did anything since we were dating. So this is definitely different for us because I'm, I believe I'm the podcaster in this house. Yeah, I tried a while <laughs> ago and it just kind of wasn't my thing. I mean, it kind of is, but I didn't want to talk solely about, I mean, we saving that for something else. Let me just put it like that. Yeah. And, and then also, I just think I'm, well, from... God perspective, I guess I'm anointed to do this. I don't know if that's a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my wife would agree that I have this anointing to speak. Um, and so God has really been pressing me to do this podcast again after I didn't want to do another podcast. Um, I think this kind of started last year in 2020 uh, when I kept Googling, all right, what podcast can I do? Uh, and then I just wasn't sure of myself. So prior to now give them a brief rundown. I did have a podcast called Kings Need God. Um, it was a podcast centered on men, uh, just talking to men. It was like two years ago since I did that podcast. And I did about 10 episodes, and then we got pregnant during that time. We ended up seeing some life events happen, like I lost my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we entered into a world of baby, and I just could never get back to it. Not only did I did not get back to it, but I just realized that talking to dudes by myself is extremely hard. So maybe I do I'll do a, a men's podcast on with a couple other guys, but me by myself, yeah, extremely difficult. Uh, so yeah, then after that, my wife did a podcast, and she only did one episode. <laughs> She only did one episode, uh, and it was a good episode, but I think when you have a baby, you have two people in the house who are incredibly gifted, anointed to do something. You only have a three-bedroom apartment. One person does this for a living. The other person is trying to do this for a living. One weighs more of importance than the other. Right. So she didn't really return back to doing her podcast because she had to work, um, and then she had to also breastfeed. And then she had to also be a wife. Uh, And so, yeah, we never really got to it until recently. 
Um, well, it wasn't even really recently. My wife, I'm just going to stop saying my wife. I've been saying my wife for the past two years. My wife, my wife, my wife, my wife. I am your wife. I know, but a lot of people make it seem like I can't just call you my wife. Like, why don't you call her by her name? Forget them people. Right. Okay, so my wife, we were, I guess I can't say where we were because we, it's kind of, we're married. So, yeah, we can't say where we were. After a night's little session uh, together. In our after sex, after sex, she it was so random. She said to me, "Babe, I think we should do a marriage podcast." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no." I said that. Yeah, and I don't know if that was the day that we uh, had those gummies that we shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> but she says, "Yeah, I think we should. I think we should do the marriage podcast." And I was like, "I've been trying to get you to do a podcast with me for some time now." And she was like, "Well, yeah, like I think we should just disband our." I think we should disband our podcast and then just do a podcast together. And I was like, well, babe, like I got to do this podcast, the on air podcast. And this is the very thing that God wants me to do. Like, I'm not going to like, I, I feel you on the marriage podcast, but this is not what I'm doing. And then I think we just came to the conclusion that well, I'm looking for a number two. So wait, what was my reasoning for saying that we needed to do a marriage podcast? Because, you know, I'm always saying I never want to do anything marriage related because I'm never going to feel like a marriage expert, no matter how long we've been married for. Yeah, I think the reasoning um, was we just had a whole lot that we've experienced over the past couple of years. Okay. Um, And then. We had talked about it being like a journey type of podcast, like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of teaching people and a little Telling bit of people that this is what you need to do with your marriage. Okay, yeah, right. So we talked about it, and I said, "All right, well, you are my wife, and we do everything together anyway, so it only makes sense for us to do this podcast together." Um, and so we went, we we started playing, or I started playing another podcast because I'm the main host of this podcast. There's gonna be times where. I'm going to be so fed up with, with Larissa that I'm just going to be like, I'm going to record this episode by myself and you may not see her because I'm be, I'm be real with y'all. Like it was hard getting her on this mic today. Uh, like yeah. we, we were supposed to record the night before and she was like, no, I want to watch this movie. We can record tomorrow. I promise. And I said, this is your last time. And I'm here. And she's here. Now so. everybody clap it up for me. Clap it up. Clap it up. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we we came to to hear the on air podcast, and if any of you have not been following me uh, since 2016, I've been on this word air for a great deal of time, and I think just recently a lot of people started. You will hear it in sermons randomly, like people will say air, and I never really noticed it until recently. Like yo, like y'all are really starting to hone in on this word. Yeah. <laughs> and and let me go ahead and hop on before y'all try to take my stuff uh, from me. But no, um, in 2016, you know, God gave me a name for a company. I thought it was a t-shirt apparel brand. He showed me that it was much more than that. And then I kind of went on this journey of what true sonship looks like. And I think that is a great point. Did I end the last point about the podcast? Oh, we just came to the on-air podcast, boom, now we're here. Uh, pointing sons and daughters back to the father episodes coming out every week. But anyway, so I went on this journey uh, on what it looks like to be an heir, what it looks like to be a son or a daughter of God. And that journey kind of happened right before you and I met where I said, okay, 
God, like this random girl that came into my life, I don't know what are you doing, but I trust you. And I think from then to even now have been nothing but a test on do you really believe that I'm Abba Father? And I think that is the main reason why he's given me that name because, one, I think there's a lot of people who who miss that identity of being an heir. Yeah, and it's it's very important. The Bible talks a lot about heirship. A lot. And a lot about airship. I don't, I feel like um, a lot of people in the body of Christ specifically, they don't really, you know, that's not a hot topic. You don't hear uh, teachings and preachings on airship nowadays. I mean, like you said, it's starting to become more and more uh, prevalent when it comes to teaching and preaching. But I don't know anybody who has ever really just, you know, made that a thing right after the bible makes it a thing you know right and i think that is the even after the year we had last year i think or not even last year in 2019 i remember working and i really believe i heard god say millennials need to know that they're heirs millennials need to know that they're heirs and it kind of at first it didn't make sense to me until 2020 happened and Everyone is grasping for all of these different things. Even you see it with believers, like believers are grasping for things that are outside of God. And it kind of breaks my heart because I'm like, yo, like you, you really don't know the access that you really have. Uh, every, every, and the Lord told me this a long time ago. Every problem is rooted in identity issues. Right. That's it. Yeah. Every, every, wait, you have to repeat that one more time. Every problem is every rooted problem. in an identity issue. If yeah. you don't know who you are, that's a problem. Not only if you don't know who you are, but who you belong to. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I think the most recent, you know, turn of events for us before we moved here to North Carolina, this is not even really that, that was going to be for another episode, but I guess we can park it right here. But before we moved back to my home city or home hometown, home state, whatever, prior to us moving, I think that was the greatest test of my life of, am I father or not? Because here I am as a husband taking care of not only this beautiful girl of mine, but also my wife, who's also beautiful as well. Uh, And I only have one plan. And the plan didn't seem like it was going to work out, like literally 24, 48 hours away uh, from us moving and it seemed like everything just stalled up on us. And I remember reaching for Dr. Matthew Stevenson's book, Abba. I didn't even open it, but I just knew that, yo, you're testing me. Yeah. Like you, you literally are saying, son, do you believe that I'm your father? Do you believe that you have access? Then it's going to work out. And I remember Larissa literally telling me, yo, you got a plan B? <laughs> and I literally almost fought her, y'all. Like, I was like, what do you mean a plan B? There ain't no plan B. I don't know B. why you got so mad at me when I asked that. I called my boy. Because the thing is, we as women want to feel secure. And I, I get when the plan seems like it's not going to work, it's like, okay, brother, what's your next move? Because this ain't about to work out. And my my honest answer was, I don't have another move. This was the move. This is the move. And God has to do this. And I hate to say has to because he's God. He can do whatever the heck he wants to. But as far as my faith, I said, no, he's the one that gave me the dream. And we'll talk about that on that time. He's the one that confirmed it. 
He's the one that did all of these different things. So it's not on me no more. Like, we did everything we needed to do. And lo and behold, the next day, the very thing that we needed dropped right on our lap. And I said exactly what I knew the entire time, that this was a test on if you really believe that you are a true heir. Yeah, and then I got convicted. I don't even know if I told you this or not, but I got convicted because the Lord was like, do you do you believe the God in your husband? Mm. Yikes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was like, do you do you really trust the God and your husband enough for him to lead you? And there's been a lot of moments like that for me. But like you said, I think that specific time was probably the greatest time for me to, you know, I mean, it was a it was a faith test on um, both of our ends. Yeah. And I think even to to that end, like so. The point of today's podcast is really to let people know that they really do have access. Mm-hmm. And we're going to explain, we're going to talk about our life in general. We're going to have many different moments where we talk about, you know, faith, where we talk about life, where we talk about marriage, love, all those different things that I know people want. People want to hear about our relationship again, over and over again, <laughs> from point A to point B, even though there's video sitting right on Larissa's YouTube. <laughs> I was to say, I don't know. They, they want to hear all over again. They want to hear. There's some details that, that I've never really got, kind of put out there that made me see God in a different way. Um, so I think people need to know that. But I think for today, and since we already brought up the moving situation, today's podcast title, as everyone sees it right now, is Access Traumatic Transitions. Uh, and I think you can kind of speak to some of the transitions that you've had since being here. And how you've had to rely on God on a whole different thing. And before I, I, I go forward, I know, I mean, if you are if you are any student of the Bible, you know where the word air comes from. So I'm not going to bore you with the semantics. But Romans 8.17 is really the air societies found in scripture. And if you don't know, you can go ahead and follow the air society right now on Instagram. It is our lifestyle brand where we're again pointing sons and daughters back to the to the father. And in Romans eight seventeen, this is the NSAB version. And of children, oh, we're going to start at 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God and of children heirs, also heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if we indeed suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the eagerly awaiting creation awaits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. And I didn't even recognize 19 said that. Wow. But to that standpoint, we know that God reserves a certain amount of access to those that he calls children. And for those same children to call him father. And I know I've been online talking about this for maybe a couple months now. But one of the big things I want people to really understand is that like God can give you a whole lot in this world, in this life. But one of the big things that I want people to take away from this, from this podcast and from anything that we do is that we don't just have access to a father for things. We have access to his heart. Yeah. We have access to like, I look at a Laura every single day and I work, work throughout the day. And she knows literally like at any point in time, and then sometimes she knows, hey, daddy working, so I'm not going to fool with him like that. But 
there are times where she knows that she has complete access to her father and it don't matter what I'm doing. Sometimes it kind of gets a little irritating when she wants me to pick her up 24 seven. That's because I probably spoil her. But at the end of the day, it's not irritating enough for me to just ignore my child. Right. And I believe, I don't believe God gets irritated, but I do believe he's like, yo, like there's sometimes where you got to walk on your own, but there's other times where I'm going to pick you up. And I think from the transition perspective, when we were going through the the transition from state to state, we've had to really see, yo, I'm going to pick y'all up. We dealt with movers. <laughs> and I guess I want you to speak to to some of that or if, even if there wasn't any, you know, lesson learned for you on that. But we dealt with movers who I thought was I thought they were they were good to go and they ended up being trash. One of the biggest lessons of my life, if anybody hears anything from me, please do not hire people. <laughs> like, don't try to go cheap. And they weren't cheap. That's the thing that got me. <laughs> But they were cheaper than the rest of them. They were affordable for our pockets okay. at the time. Well, they still weren't cheap. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think um, we can we can kind of table that and just speak to how we see access now moving from one city to another, uh, and then we can move on. So yeah, this is where you're supposed to take the alley that I'm giving to you and say what what have you seen since moving or since us moving to this new state and dealing with other transitions, not just transitioning from one city to another, but now being into a new city for you. You've never been out of Indiana ever in life. So you picking up and moving your life with me and then dealing with being a mom and a wife in a new city where your support system, you got support here, but you don't have the support like you used to. How does, how do you see access now? Well, I think the thing for me, and I'm I'm just going to be honest and transparent in saying when you go from a low level of trust in God to now having to completely and totally depend on him and trust him on a brand spanking new high level that you have never trusted him on before. It's dramatic. Yeah. It's dramatic. It's like going from one extreme to another extreme. And if you're not, you know, trying to catch your breath in between it, it, I mean, for me, I think we, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think we've been in a traumatic season for the past three years. Yeah. Yeah. Up until now. <laughs> like I think now things are settling. Yeah. But since yeah, 2018 to now, now settling. Yes. I feel like I, I can say that. From from the moment I messaged you on Twitter all the way up until we got here to North Carolina. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, life has just been it's so been, fast to the point where we haven't really been able to slow down and catch our breath and really, you know, I guess enjoy the uh, the journey and, you know, the the blessings that the Lord has given us. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it's been pretty traumatic and I, I don't want to use that in a negative way because when you think of the word trauma, you automatically relate it back to something negative. Um, but again, for me, it, it's just been one extreme to another extreme. Like you said, I, you know, this is my first time being away from Indiana 
other than me going to college, which was two and a half hours away from my home. So I I can't really count that. But uh, yeah, it's just forced me to trust God on a totally and not just trust God, but depend on him in a way that I never have before. Like it literally has forced me. I have and had no other choice. Right. So. So I think back to before we met, would you say that before we met, I'm going to be real with everybody. I think I was living in an orphan type of state before meeting my wife. So would you say that before, prior to you sending that message or prior to you, uh, prior to us even beginning our dating relationship, would you say that you were living in a orphan type of state? Um, I have to say no, because, um, Right before we started dating and I messaged you, I started this whole brand new relationship with the Lord on a a father-daughter basis. And so I started getting to know God as Abba Father right before you came into the mix. But I will say that relationship kind of accelerated and I had to learn more and more. Like he started revealing things to me as my father more and more as I journeyed with you. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Um, I will. I th- I actually think that up until us meeting. So my my boy Austin actually said this on a clubhouse one time. And he said, I have a great heavenly. I have a great earthly father. Mm-hmm. Like nobody can compare to, to my right. earthly father. Yeah, I do, too. Shout out to Ron Turner. <laughs> Sterny Bernie. Um, and shout out to my dad, too, because I know y'all think of that. I don't got yeah. no family um, <laughs> for some reason. But. No, he he made something, and it made me kind of jump because he said, "Yo, I, I had a I had a great earthly earthly father. Like he's been in my life, he's been active in my life, but when it came to my heavenly father, I couldn't connect the two together. Right. And I know a lot of people say how your father is on earth, your earthly father is how you're going to identify with God in heaven. But and, you, but you know what damages and messes that up? What a bad dad." Religion. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think you were gonna say that, but yeah, religion true. does not teach you that God is your father, no, and I, right. I didn't learn this until I came out of that religious mindset. Yeah, because it, it makes you think that God is just up there waving his little finger, like yeah, bad, it, it, bad it makes you feel like he is the superior. You're to obey him. He's mean. You can't break any of these rules, and it's like no. He is literally your father. And once you start looking at him, especially if you have a good dad, yeah. I have the best dad in the whole entire world. And so that was a starting point for me. Yeah. Lord had to give me a perspective and make me look at my dad and the qualities in him. And, and, and I feel like this is only and the thing is, too, even if you have a bad dad, you're going to look at God, how you look at your bad dad. Yeah. You're, you know. Yeah. So that that was a starting point for me. Yeah, and I never made the connection. I didn't make the connection until, well, not, it wasn't when Austin said it, but it was really when, when we started dating, like, yo, like, you actually care. Yeah. Like, you actually. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I've even said that, I think I might have been listening to something today where it's a different ball game when you say it, like, oh, like, you really care. But when you experience the fact that he cares, mm-hmm. like before 
2018, I literally was doing life on a whim, mm-hmm. like, and thinking God wanted me to do this. For example, a lot of people know that, and this is another part of traumatic transition, so I guess it's my part. But when I moved to, when, when I decided to move to Atlanta, I, I decided to move to Atlanta based off the fact that the church I was going to was doing a church plant. And I always wanted to move to Atlanta, so I thought it was a sign. And so not only that, but I had just finished my master's degree. And then I also was looking for a wife at the same time. And I thought Atlanta was just the answer to everything. Yeah, you had a lot going on, brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought Atlanta was the answer. Like, just like every other black person in America, <laughs> that they think that Atlanta is the answer. And so I went to Atlanta, y'all, and literally on, on some, yo, God is is moving me to Atlanta to help with this church plant. And y'all, you know what a crazy thing? I'm I'm just going to say it. I did not have the right intentions in what I was doing. Of course you didn't. I was planning on being a whole thought. Like literally I was going to be like we went out for uh, my boy's bachelor party uh in Atlanta and that first nightlife in Atlanta, I said, "Oh, it's a wrap." <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna be in church, but I'm gonna be in the streets, <laughs> straight up. And that was that was my ideal. Can like, y'all imagine Elliot as a hoe? <laughs> I mean, people have seen me not necessarily in that state, but like I, I've never really been nah, a full out hoe. Now you wanted to be one. No, and even post Atlanta, and we'll get to that part of the transition in a second. I definitely had plans on being like I was gonna be a bachelor. I said I'm just going, you know. Just do my thing. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this church. I'm tired of it. I am going to do me. But when I moved to Atlanta, like, I I had this pretense that, yo, God, God, and I was using scripture to kind of back up everything. Like, he said he'll never leave me for nor forsake me. He said that for sure. He will never leave you nor forsake you. But when he take his hand off you, okay. ooh, you went for some trouble. Um, But I remember being in Atlanta and the first thing that happened was the guy that I had moved in with, like it wasn't no plan. Like we weren't sharing a lease or nothing. Like he was going to allow me to stay in his apartment until I was able to get on my feet. That was the plan. And then maybe two and a half weeks, three weeks in, he's like, yo, like, you know, it's been, you know, some time, you know, are you planning on getting the place? And I'm like, that wasn't really our thought. Like I'm working on trying to get a job. I can't like get an apartment on, uber money like it's just not gonna happen that way and that was the first thing i was like yo god like yo what's up then a part of me was like yo have faith e it's all good like faith without works is dead so you just gotta you gotta gotta find it there was a dude that i I knew from school i called him up i said yo like i kind of need to get out of this dude's crib and at the time the church was white um majority of them white i'm really there's like another black person there but i'm the blackest black person so I think everybody should understand that. I you probably know what I mean by that. Like I'm the blackest black person, meaning that I plan on marrying a black woman. Like I like listening to Drake. I like to go out sometime. I know all the black like culture stuff. The other black people really didn't they weren't really hip to all of that. And so I said I'm not moving in with another white guy. Like it's just not gonna happen. So I a dude I went to a college with, he took me in and the maybe the next couple of weeks went by my dad called me and he said so if you were to get in a car accident is the church gonna like help you out like you know what's going on and i said i said i don't think that's how that worked out oh you didn't tell me that 
Yeah, I was like, I don't think that's how that works. Um, so yeah, I was, I was just like, yeah, no, that's not how it works. And the next maybe Wait, day or so two. So what was the part? That's a little spooky. What? Why did he bring up the car accident? Yeah, why did he say that? No idea. Like that's so random. It's so random, and I got into a car accident two days later. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> why did he ask you that? I don't know. I, I, mean, I think my my dad is a low key prophet. <laughs> I think so. Oh my! He would never claim that title, but I, I like he knows God for real, for real. Yeah. Oh yeah. But for him to say something that specific, and then for me to get into a car accident where I totaled my car, and like I was four, I had no other choice but to go back home. And oh, what? Well, oh yeah, living in an orphan state. And so going back home was probably the worst thing. I like I didn't want to do it because I had made I had made statuses on Facebook. Yo, moving to Atlanta. We here. Hey, pizza, A town now. We out of here, Raleigh. It's been good. Boss, boss, blah. Like Atlanta, boom. We we here. And I've seen pictures recently on my iPad. I said, "Oh Lord, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't believe that I actually lived through this this entire thing." Um, and then another part of of me being in Atlanta was that the pastor that I went with, he was a white dude. He was trying to push racial uh, diversity. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Like I'm gonna be very transparent here. When a white pastor, not a lot. This is not true for all white pastors. I'm gonna just go ahead and say that. Let me pin that there for y'all. Think I'm racist or y'all think something of me? But when a white pastor, I literally asked him, "Yo, what's your plan for racial inclusion? Like, what's your plan on getting black people into this church? Because mm-hmm. that's the only way I'm gonna be able to stay." I should have known not to go when he his answer was. Yeah, we're gonna just you know, we're gonna go uh, do some community hangouts. We're gonna go hoop. Oh, <laughs> you, wait! You known. asked him that straight up, straight up because I'm like, yo, I'm making a sacrifice coming out here. I'm the only black guy. I'm I'm the only black black guy. And if you are talking about, especially in this climate that we're in, and you're talking about diversity as a pastor, and all of these people are white in this church, right? What is your plan? And so. I should have known, Elliot, you may not want to go because he's talking about hooping to get black people in the, in the church. Like, that's that's really wild. But because Atlanta is Atlanta, I can probably find my bride there. And notice I didn't find my bride until uh, maybe three or four months later on Twitter. So she won't even in Atlanta to start with. But I come back home and I'm like, yo, God, like you did me dirty, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you did me dirty. And it's funny, before I got into that U-Haul to move to Atlanta, I literally had a dream. It was a it was a very violent dream. But I already paid the money for the U-Haul. I've already put my car on the back of this U-Haul. What the heck am I supposed to do? Like, I didn't think about the dream until I got back home. Like, dang, you warned me through that dream. And I still was like, I think I had a cigar the, the night before. And I was like, yeah, no, I think they came for the cigar. Maybe I should stop. <laughs> I said, maybe I won't have that cigar next time. I have a different cigar. Started looking like, can cigars give you bad dreams? <laughs> I was so serious. I was like, this move is going to happen, bro. I don't care what nobody got to say. You were the tyrant. I, I ain't never been at this. <laughs> I'm serious, bro. Talk it up for me. <laughs> but no, so I, yeah, I was, I was determined to get there. And when I got back, I said, God, you did me dirty, bro. Like, I'm sitting here laughing in tears. Um, it's like, that's funny. You did me, you did me dirty, dog. Like how? Like I thought I thought this was you. I was going out there to help with a church plant, knowing that my heart was like, yeah, I want to help with this church plant, but I'm actually trying to get these buns too. Like I'm trying to trying to be out here in these streets. 
like knowing that I'm doing God wrong anyway in the first place. I'm living like an orphan, and like I I love Jesus even at, in that point. I love Jesus. Like yeah. anybody that knows me knows that I have a heart for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Period. Point blank. You can't you can't tell me to do nothing against him. Right. I don't care what it is. If a million dollars on the line, I might think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I might think about it like Peter and then and deny, but then realize, all right, my bad, my bad, G. But no, seriously, like at all jokes aside, like I, I really love Jesus. And so to that point, I'm like, yo, like I thought you I thought you had me. I thought you had my back. And I went out there and made a fool of myself. But my boy John called me when I was in Atlanta. And you know, you know John. Mm-hmm. Not many people know John, but John is a very active voice in my life. Yeah. Like I keep even especially with the Atlanta thing, after that, he has stayed an active voice in my life. I will never like I don't care who you are, you need to have somebody in your life like a John. Yeah. Somebody who's a prophetic voice, someone's gonna give you the real deal, someone's going who like who you can trust. And that's a voice Right. Right, accountability. A voice Edge. that you can trust. And so he called me when I was in Atlanta and I was doing a whole bunch of stuff, y'all. Like, you know, I'm I'm an alcohol drinker, but I, I knew my limits. But back then I was like, forget my limits. Cause I think I was at a point of like depression and things like that. He called me, he was like, Yo, I ain't gonna hold you, but I knew before you got into that truck that this was gonna be bad. He was like, I me, B, we all talked about it. He was like, We just gotta let you go because you won't go you won't go hear us. I said, Dang, man. I said he he right though, because I sure enough was not gonna hear him. <laughs> like, nah, man, it's good. I got it. I'm good. I'm good. But he was like, This wasn't about moving to Atlanta. You're literally in a wilderness season and God needed like you needed to to be humbled. Like this was your job season. And you need to be at a point in a place where you knew like one, yo, you did wrong. You need to repent for this. Number two, you need to know who your father is. Uh, and like no and that was the end of the conversation. I went back home and I went through a process. Like not a process to the point that the things that I had in my life prior to moving to Atlanta started vanishing when I moved back. I talk about all the time about how I was talking to one person for six years. And I, and I know my wife is going to kind of set herself up a little bit, but boy, boy, I got the ring and the draws. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got to do all that. But, uh, I, I, I talk about this all the time, but this person, I thought I was going to marry at one point. So when I came back, I thought, all right, bet we got a chance. But that person ended up falling for somebody else. But then talking to me like, yo, like I, we, we could probably work it out. Da, 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 da. And I remember there was one point where she said to me after six years of talking every single day, I don't see you as more than a friend. Mm. And I was like, bro, what? Any dude that has invested time, especially every day, texting, phone call, whatever, for that long of a time, and now you wake up like, yo, I ain't gonna hold you. I only, I only see you as 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 just a friend. You ready to fight? Well, that was your fault. You should have made your intentions clear. I, but that's the thing. I did. Oh, like <laughs> I really hate you for this. <laughs> I really do. But yeah, I made my intention clear. All of that, all all of that to say, I remember going to sleep. And this is a part of, again, we're still talking about traumatic transitions because it's still very traumatic. I remember going to sleep 
And I had a dream that I was proposing to somebody in the middle of a field, but I couldn't see the person. But I saw me in the ring, and I woke up, and I said, God, I'm too broke. (laughs) (laughs) Just ain't no way. Ain't no way I'm getting engaged anytime soon. I know. And when I saw – when I – when I didn't see the person in, or the person I was dealing with at the time in the dream, I was like, mm, something must be off. And this is how my Abba Father experience started to to come alive for me. Because I went to him and I said, yo, I never really prayed prayers like this, but I'm going to pray it today. <laughs> if this person is not the one, I need you to show me. I need Like, if, if you are who you say you are, I need you to tell me why this person ain't the one. Or you need to show me. Maybe a week later, we got into the biggest argument in six years of my life of of our tenure as a friend relation situationship. When I say that argument was so blown up, I walked away and I said, oh, so I guess she's not the one. And I know a lot of people like, how you just throw, throw a friendship like that away because of an argument? Listen, I know how to move very quickly when it comes to God. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not about to play. Like, if I make a prayer... And then or if I say a prayer about something that's on my heart and he answered real quick, all right, dog, it's over with. So moving on from that, I was like, all right, I don't got the emotional availability that I need to pursue anyone. I'm still thinking about this dream. Post Atlanta, post, yo, why God, why you do me like that? Post, I really don't want to live for you. But these instances keep happening. That's keep drawing me back to you. So I need you to remove my emotional attachment. And then the emotional attachment went away, and then my wife came in to play. And that really sparked a kind of thing inside of me, like, wow. Like I said earlier, like, you, he really knows more than we do. The scripture says his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so when I talk about access, I talk about access from the standpoint of, one, my experience with him. I have history with God. History that I didn't even realize until I started talking about it now, but I have a whole lot of history with him to know that at any point in time, not even at any point in time, I've even gotten to the practice. And I I think I got this from uh, Dr. Matthew Stevenson. I've gotten to the practice that every day I wake up, it belongs to him. Like I don't, if I need something, I know he got me. Even if I just need some peace, I know maybe not in 2.5 seconds, but sometime within that hour, that peace is going to come. Because for me, it's not just about something from him, but, um, I, I, and again, I, I just think back to my dad, my, my natural father, I need to be around him yeah. all of the time because he is literally one of my favorite. He is my favorite person in the world next to my husband. Okay. <laughs> I think it should be husband and dad. <laughs> well, that, that's what I mean. But Okay. okay. Do you see what I'm saying, though? It's like you love this person so much because he makes you feel some type of way. He makes you feel safe and secure, and he provides for you. And, you know, he has these characteristics that, like, literally nobody else on earth is like him. That makes me want to be around. Like, I love being around my dad. That's why I can't wait to go home and be around my family because he's literally, like, he he's that man for me and so with the same goes with the lord it's like i i need to be around you because you you give yeah. me peace you give me joy you make me feel this kind of what this kind of way and it's just because of who you are yeah it, it's your characteristics it's you know 
your mercy and your grace and your kindness and your faithfulness and all of these characteristics characteristics about you is you like I want you I don't want the things that come with you yes we have access Mm -hmm. yes we you know we get the benefits that come with knowing the Lord and knowing that he's our father but we get him and that's that's the beauty of the son and the daughter father daughter father son relationship we get the heart of the father and we get to know him for who he is not just for what he can do for us Right. And I actually had this thought the other day that everything I have is because I have access to him. Yeah. My wife is because I have access to him. Or I even go back, go back a little bit and say everything I have is because I'm an heir. And I'm not even talking about, you know, monetary anything. Just the fact that I was in a, in a deep state of being an orphan in the end of 2017 and then married at the end of 2018. Who in the world (laughs) does that? And then to top it all off, the end of 2019, my first child is born. Like none of that makes sense. And, you know, stuff like that, of course, can happen by chance. But it's like when you know the father and you basically, not basically, but when you do partner with him when it comes to his will and what, he wants for your life, it makes it easy for you to submit your will to his because you know that he's your father. And what does a good father do? He takes care of their children. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why we scream heirs have access. You're going to see heirs have access everywhere we go. Like it it's in, it's embedded in who we are as just not even just as a married couple, but as individuals, Mm -hmm. because prior to us meeting, like you were working on your your father daughter relationship, mm-hmm. but I necessarily wasn't. God had to prove some things for me, for me to understand that He's actually Father. Yeah. But we've walked this road over the past three years, and I think even we're still walking now, and we see how God is literally showing us access. And and like I said, this whole entire podcast is not going to always be about how you have access. There's going to be some fun times. There's going to be some interesting moments. Like we like we really just sharing our life on a mic at this point because we believe that our life like we didn't come together as a couple just to hide it like we we are we are literally a byproduct of an inheritance yeah and we have to share that we, we have, have to. to that's our responsibility we have to I feel convicted every time we don't put like a video up or something about it. I'm like yo like we we should be and not necessarily where everyone else is. But we should be making a lot more impact than we have been. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say, "Yo, y'all making, a, y'all got influence, y'all making an impact," and appreciate y'all for that. But I'm a little harder on myself because it's not, it's not us. It's not us. Like this is us right here. Like when we were doing the videos long distance dating, that was us. Mm-hmm. What's not us is just being able to post a photo and go. Right. Because you know, there, there's times where like. Larissa kind of pissed me off sometimes. There's times where oh, and please believe, and and the opposite. Yeah, like I don't know, you ain't gotta yell at me like that. Like, but at the end of the day, I think one of the big things that God is using us for. I think I might have put that on on my post about the Air Society is that if we don't, if even for Elliot, Elliot himself, if I don't say do anything in this life, the one thing that you're gonna learn is that. 
you have a father in heaven. Period. Point blank. I don't care what money I make between now and the time I'm in a grave. My life purpose now is to point people back to the father. I think our life purpose as a family is to point back people to the father, mm-hmm. whether that's through life, whether that's through Christian, like we'll talk about Christian topics, like the whole manifest thing, <laughs> like the things that like make us tick. We'll talk about those things. We'll talk about other, like other things, but the whole premise is to point you back to the fact that you have access to a heavenly father who cares about you. He cares about every Everything. single detail and he literally wrapped himself in flesh hey and came down to earth Uh uh-huh and got on the cross died for you went to hell got back up went back to heaven yeah just so you can have access to him yeah just so that we can have access to him and and even he shows us that we have access to him by saying there uh there's only one way to the father and it's through me one way it's through me you cannot get to the heavenly father through anybody else other than jesus it's not possible it will never happen he is the door there are no other doors all the other doors are fake and they're fake they're counterfeit like appreciate your buddha i'm I'm about to get all nations right now um appreciate your buddha appreciate your uh islam muslim like appreciate all of that but there is only one way to the father and it's through jesus and it's through the life that he created for us. And I believe, you know, maybe that's a video for me myself to do, but I believe I've even found the inheritance of Jesus, how Jesus is an inheritance point for us to glean from, how that is God's inheritance. Like we are co-heirs to Christ, but God, our father left inheritance through Jesus to show us to how to obtain and how to live this life out as believers. Um, so yeah, this this is actually going to be pretty fun, and yeah. you're excited and tired at the same time. I am very tired, but I I am excited though because I I especially when it comes to uh, the father daughter relationship, I feel like a lot of women, especially millennial and younger women, are missing that piece, and they're longing, you know, for for everything that a good a good father gives you. Yeah. And it's like, even if you don't have a good earthly father, even if you do have a good earthly father, because that was me, I had an amazing dad, I have an amazing dad, but there were still pieces of me that, you know, I feel were broken that only the father could heal. And I had to get to know him as Abba in order for him to heal me in that way. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. There, there was one Last thought I had. Shoot. I think I lost it. You were just talking about Oops, something. Sorry. No, it's okay. <clears throat> but yeah, I think, you know, in retrospect, like, oh no, boom, this is what it was. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Uh, and you're probably going to hear me say that a whole lot because my memory can be very, really, really good and then I can miss it and then never remember it ever again. But my boy John, we were talking on the phone last night about marriage and about how. For those who come from two-parent households, marriage can be a lot more easier for them compared to those because he's a product of a one-parent household. Mm -hmm. And so is his wife as a product of a one-parent household. And he was like, yo, it was very difficult for us in the beginning when we were trying to do marriage. And I'm saying that because I think also a part of the reason why I kind of have so much quarrels about dudes who be doing stupid stuff 
I think a lot of times they're missing a father in their life. And I think the bigger piece here is that not just for you being like the daughter father relationship, but there's an incredible weight in uh, Lord, I hope I'm not going the wrong way, but I'm going, I'm just going to say it. Well, not the wrong way. I think I'm going the right way when I say this, but I think there's a incredible call for sons who have been abandoned by their earthly fathers to connect with their heavenly father. I'm not one of those. I like, I, I, I never experienced a, an earthly father abandoned, but I can tell you how it feels when you feel like you've been abandoned from a father who quote unquote heavenly father. I know how it feels in that type of abandonment. And even though that abandonment between, you know, me and my heavenly father isn't, is, is a false dichotomy, but the feeling of abandonment and feeling like you're lost and feeling like you, you just don't have nobody who got your back like that. I believe that there's going to be really a remnant of men who have lost that identity and they're looking to find it. And this is why we say pointing sons and daughters back to the father. Like, yes, sons and daughters, as in those who are already believers, who are children of God, as we see in the Bible, who are heirs, who have missed it and think, dang, man, God is, isn't with me. We're pointing you back to the father, but we're also pointing back those who are literally walking around as orphans, mm-hmm. those who are walking around lost, those who God is literally trying to leave the 99 for so that you can be connected to your father. So that's all I got. I think we nailed it in perfect timing. <laughs> okay. Um, so for those of you who are listening now, uh, this is the very first episode. Sorry if it was very choppy or anything like that. I'm going yeah, to. Yeah, we're learning. We're learning. I've been learning and still I don't feel like I got it right. But nonetheless, we are available on Apple. We're available on Spotify. We will be available on YouTube at some point. Just not right now because mother wife next to me just uh, is looking for a house. We are, we're we're looking for a house and she don't want to record a podcast or video podcast without us having a nice little setup and everything for y'all. But that's coming though. Wait, we got until the end of the year. Yeah. So we, we definitely will have the video podcast, but if you are listening on Apple, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, go ahead and give us a little rating because this is the very first episode. And then, you know, you can also catch us on Spotify on Spotify as well and wherever you can I guess get your podcasting from so to all of you all out there I'm Elliot this is my wife Larissa did you want to say your name or no oh, they okay. know who I am hopefully <laughs> and we're signing off we are heirs peace